Hello everyone, this is Xander Braffel, Director of Marketing Ops at CS2 Marketing with the Forward Thinking Podcast. Joining me again today is Charlie and Chrissy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. How are you two doing? Good. Good. It's uh, it's getting chillier here in San Jose. Definitely doesn't compete with Minnesota, so I won't (laughs) I won't complain. (laughs) I don't have snow yet, so I'm okay. (laughs) I'm excited about this topic. I feel like we talk about this quite a lot internally, and we haven't actually done a podcast on PLG yet in forward thinking. Maybe I don't think we have done one, right? I don't think so. So yeah, excited to dig in. Great topic. Um, Today, what we're going to be focusing on is is really kind of highlighting where sales-led companies uh, can sometimes go wrong when they move over to a product-led growth strategy. Um, So, you know, to to start off, uh, just in case, since this is really one of the first podcasts that we're diving into PLG, um, you know, product-led growth, it's in the name. Uh, it is a go-to-market strategy where the product is leading the engagement for landing new customers and expanding uh, existing customers. It's a very different go-to-market strategy than sales-led, where you are, you know, having a having an SDR team follow up as quick as possible. Instead, what you're doing is you're letting the product do a lot of the work for you, and you are, you know, bringing in that sales team to help facilitate the the transaction um, and find other ways to continue to uh, enable the buyer using the product. Um, so yeah, let's jump in. You know, where where have you seen some clients go wrong uh, when establishing the PLG strategies? Uh, yeah, I can I can first start. And I have to say, like, I don't know what it is about PLG. Maybe it's just the name PLG, but just sounds cool so <laughs> i think i feel like sometimes it's like a topic that everyone's just really interested in even if your company's like not doing it um yeah. I, I think because it's like a dream for marketers like we can skip the sales team like no. <laughs> um no but really we're uh, i think though it still like needs to be demystified i think for even people who are um you know traditionally sales led so when we and i'll talk through maybe the first one but when we think about where companies go wrong when trying to launch a plg strategy i think especially sales led that's what we want we want to focus on because where we really like focus with companies is they're traditionally sales led and then we're seeing them go product led and we're helping support them on the strategy side the operational operation side and the analytics side of that. So um, this is where we see kind of most of the the pain. If the people start out PLG, uh, they usually have a strong team who is already well-versed in it um, and, you know, get the resources. But when it's the opposite, that's where we tend to see some companies kind of go astray because they just really can't differentiate. So, I mean, I think the first one is kind of a... It seems obvious, but it just happens a lot. But really, they just send over leads to sales too quickly. So it defeats the purpose, right? It's called product-led not and versus sales-led. It's not sales-led. But for some reason, I think with companies, they're still... maybe you define this- lead in this context? Because it's very different than I think what people would think of as a lead. 
Yeah. And when we say lead, we're talking about like, um, there's a true definition between like something that's like sales ready in this case, like for, for PLG, it's typically like a PQL that you've really set, like they've, you know, hit a milestone. And usually that means like the, there's enough activity there, or there's been a purchase there, or there's been enough people at the company where, and so it could even just be more than one lead. Um, it could be an I'd account. I'd also jump in just to say, like, just be really clear, like someone's actually signed up for your product. Right. And then right. like, like, so it's not just like they've just done some activity, marketing activity. This is like someone's truly signed up for your product on a free trial, maybe even paying, hit a milestone. And then that yeah. therefore dictates the sales conversation versus right. like an MQL or the, a more sales led motion. They haven't signed up for your product yet. To sign up for your product, they have to speak to sales. So therefore we're gathering marketing engagements, deciding when to send them to sales, then sales tries to sell to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I needed that, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was skipping far ahead, like four yeah. steps, I think. Um, but just to make that really clear, and I think one of the things that really gets in the way of that is the the, the mentality of kind of like, thinking of it as like an MQL model, but then applying that to PQL. So the barrier for entry to like who becomes a PQL could just be signing up for your product. That's not really product led. Like that, that's just someone who just entered, you know, the tool. And if you're, if you're using sales resources to then nurture that person along, follow up on them, one, it's too early, but then the second you're not really doing what the whole go-to-market strategy was meant to do. It's very much to be a low touch and something that could be self-served. Um, but we still see this happening. But the only th difference for sales-led companies thinking, they're like, well, they signed up for our product, so now it's a PQL versus an MQL who maybe just is showing intent in our product. And now we're going to do a sales cycle where um, we need them to actually buy the products. Um, but it's still just the wrong way to look at it. And, and surprisingly, we we do see this a lot. And I've talked to other leaders um, who work with some companies going to sales led and over to PLG. And they say that that's one of the big pain points they see a lot too. Yeah. So it's the, the number one like issue, right? It's yeah. from, for, in this specific use case where we're talking about traditionally sales led companies moving to PLG, just copying and pasting kind of like what they were doing, but then essentially the offer or like the conversion point has changed to signing up to the product as opposed to signing up for a webinar or a demo. But then the exact same thing happens after that. SDR calls them, tries to sell to them. And like the trick's in the name, right? It's product led. Like the, the product isn't leading anything at that point, right? It's just a form to sign up for the product. And then sales is still leading from that point onwards. And I think yeah. that's, that's one of the big issues because, and, and I guess it's all a part of a maturity too. So, you know, you, you're a lot of companies moving in this direction. The product might not actually be built out enough yet to lead and kind of yeah. develop the relationship, get them involved in the different mm -hmm. features of the product, get them through different milestones within the product, like upsell them within the products, et cetera. So that's why. A lot of times, you know, as they're going through the transition into more PLG, the product maybe isn't quite there. So they just feel, un they don't feel confident that, you know, someone can sign up for the product and just like understand how to use it, add users, you know, get network effects, all that kind of stuff. 
naturally, they feel like they have to insert sales to do that. Um, and I guess that probably isn't the worst thing in the world, like on that maturity journey, but there is a point where you have to realize like this, that's not product led, right? That's mm. really still sales led and they're just signing up for like a free trial or something. Um, and I think the biggest, it's, it's kind of an issue across all of the go-to-market strategies where we feel like we need to insert sales too early. It's exactly the same thing for MQLs, right? It's like, right. oh, someone clicked the link in an email, send them to sales. <laughs> you know, someone downloaded <laughs> a white paper, send them to sales. And I think we've learned over the years that most people don't want to speak to sales, right? Too early. Yeah. And I think that, and especially if they're just like clicking around your, the product and trying to learn and like that people know how to contact sales, like make sure you have a good support team ready to like answer questions, but why, why interrupt kind of the journey that they're on by themselves with the salesperson when you don't need, need to. I have a question maybe Xander or Charlie, like, cause I know we're talking about things to avoid, but maybe in this scenario, can either of you think of an example where you had an experience that did this the right way? Because I think as much as we want to say like, oh, you should avoid this. Like, do you either of you think of like a, a time where a company like did this right when they're still balancing the two or maybe the one, like just to give them what good looks like? Yeah, I think I can. I can come up with a couple of examples. I think that most, the most of the good examples were born product-led companies, yeah. right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. Slack. I've never spoken to a salesperson. We've been a Slack customer for years and, you know, we just add users and it's, it's great. You know, um, I think when I think about Zoom, you know, we signed up for Zoom without having to speak to a salesperson, but then eventually we did have to speak to one. We kind of like got into like different license category and, and ended up adding more users. Um, that experience wasn't bad, but I think, I still think I'd have to really wrap my brain for a company that's gone from sales led to product led you know, that I've experienced, right? Like personally, like being a customer, um, given like our company size, most of the tools that we buy probably product led tools, right? Like ClickUp and zoom and Slack, et cetera. Like we haven't really had to speak to a salesperson for any of those. Um, so I'd have to think about the actual specific of sales led to product led and come back to you on that one. But I think all the great experiences were like born product led. And that probably goes to what we're talking about here, right? It's like a lot of what we're talking about is the difficulties of moving from one to the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know um, too many examples that I've interfaced with directly as a customer where that's been awesome. I mean, the, the examples that you brought out and, and sort of where, where companies do go wrong is you need the product to speak for itself. Mm -hmm. um, I think about the first time I opened up Slack, it was super easy to use, very intuitive, had some in-app demos and in-app tutorials, but for the most part, you could kind of just activate it and go. Um, mm -hmm. my, my first experience trying to do PLG, we weren't calling it at the time, um, but that's what we were trying to do, but the product wasn't at the point from a user experience perspective mm -hmm. where somebody could just come in, set it up, get it installed on some endpoints and work. They needed a sales solutions architect to walk them through. They needed professional services to get it integrated. There was no way that we could, that we could move to a PLG process without product prioritizing that. And that's almost mm -hmm. where I, where I go product led growth. Something else to think about is it's the product team within your organization that needs to be a part of that process, uh, to really make sure that you can scale it. 
totally. I think one of the things you just brought up there is the team doing the follow-up too. So like kind of moving on from like, okay, so maybe we're sending these PLG, PQLs or kind of like, you know, like people or companies started in the product to sales maybe too early. A lot of times the people that we're sending them to are also not the right people because you start, you go, okay, I need to send them to SDRs. That's how we've always, we send all our MQLs to SDRs. I mean, there's even a movement these days to, you know, not rely so much on SDRs for some MQLs, given that, you know, sometimes they just can't answer all the questions that like a really highly engaged buyer like needs at that point. Like maybe some, someone who's ready to buy, like does actually just need to go straight to the AE. But um, for PRG specifically, right, you need someone, especially if the product is quite technical, like a technical SDR at least, or or an SE or someone who's really going to help them nurture and use the product as opposed to maybe a more junior SDR just out of college, you know, still learning how to be a salesperson and the product, you know, that's not going to be the best experience if they're not able to answer the question. So one, they're interrupting the customer's own journey and two, they're not providing any value while doing that either. So really the customer experience is going to be poor in that way. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that like, I've been talking about this a lot, but I think also just like the over uh, investment in like the sales side versus CS side is just also detrimental to sales, a sales side motion anyway. So if the company actually wants to then kind of like balance that, um, it's um, customer success and good customer success um, can just be, a, you know, a differentiator and, and so I think, but making sure you have those resources, um, the people to support here, or knowing that the product can just do that itself. They don't even need to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, is super important. And I think we're talking about also, I guess that would be kind of like another point, but I think we're all just agreeing, like your product needs to be ready. <laughs> you need to like <laughs> yeah. have it be ready enough for people to actually adopt it and use it without just being completely lost. Yeah. And I think the audience here, a lot of the audience that listening to this maybe can't influence that, right? Right. Because we're marketing RevOps people, marketers, you know, we're not the ones designing the product necessarily, or we can provide input, but we're not really owning that whole product roadmap. So it, it could be, it, it could be a difficult thing. Like if you've been tasked to do PLG, but the product's not ready. I mean, any advice that you two would have there? I mean, that's tough, right? Because you're trying to do product-led, but your product can't lead. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that depending on what your organization's culture is like, this is a great opportunity to engage with the product team. They're probably, you know, a lot of product teams, they're just focused on, you know, what is my customer getting? What is my customer getting? They may not be thinking, what do I need to do in order to get new customers? Um so, so, you know, having a partnership with the product team is, is key. Um, and you can start those conversations and you can introduce them to this concept if they don't even know that it's a concept out there um, and tr- try and work on, you know, building that business case and, and getting the, the right support that you need. Um, and then, of course, your CMO is probably the one that's tasking you with this. So having that alignment with the C- CMO of here's what's needed before we can truly activate a, a product-led growth strategy instead of doing what I think that is a lot of our first instinct of, yes, I can do that. Let's go build it in the system versus 
are we ready there from a strategy and and foundation perspective? Yeah, and I think where marketing can really influence is around the enablement and nurture side without like touching the actual features of the product. And so if you're, there's two ways you could go about that. Um, if you can't invest in a tool that's within your product, like an app queues or a pendo or something like that, that could be first where you could discuss and look because that's great because within the product. But if it's not, it could be a way then to figure out, okay, we're not going to send these leads to sales, but maybe there's something marketing can really do around focusing on nurturing and sending content that's really going to help them and uh, around like their jobs to be done. That's a good thing for any marketer to kind of learn about, like, cause that's a, a main focus that like product, you know, marketers and, and engineers and stuff think about with is like the jobs to be done. Like what are those things that they're going to want need to do to get there? And, and it's usually a pain point behind it. So you can kind of like lead with talking about those pain points, show and highlight how your product solves that and make it really clear, maybe like link out to simple documentation. You could do that even through a drip nurture after they've signed up. And that can still help with like product adoption. But then if you can get that then into the product itself, um, I think it's really great. Um, so th that's where I think you could focus, um, at least to start, um, just knowing that maybe there is some kind of educational hurdles you need to go, you know, get through to actually use it. Yeah. So, so switching gears here a little bit, um, and maybe setting the stage. So given that a lot of the sales led companies that are moving into PLG, the, the product is in a place where sales is going to have to get in, involved generally, like earlier than someone like the true kind of like PLG kind of companies that you can become like a power user or a power kind of customer um, without ever speaking to a salesperson. But a lot of the sales like companies moving into that kind of the PLG motion is still always a lead up to sales, like for most of their buyers who are really going to take it seriously being a customer. And part of that is like this bottoms up approach, right? Where you get like loads of people within the company kind of distributed using the product. So then you go to the CFO and go, look, everyone's already using this product. Let's get you an enterprise license and subscription for this product. And it's kind of the classic um, strategy. So there's always going to, so in that, in that way, there's always a, you know, the goal is to always kind of get a salesperson involved, involved at the right time. So therefore that's where things kind of really enter our world where you go to market systems and your people process and everything needs to be thought about. So, um, from the, from the go to market systems within marketing and sales. So in terms of kind of that process, like what are the things that we see, you know, difficult or like that people really aren't taking, you know, the most thought through or strategic approach, or maybe just landmines they're treading on just issues that are, that are coming up. I, I can would, start, but Xander, yeah. uh, actually, no, you go Xander, cause you're probably dealing with this the most too, with some of our clients right now. Yeah, I, I have a couple of clients that I'm working with, uh, kind of trying to make this move. Um, so, so a few things, all of the data, like one of the, one of the pitfalls is I have a PLG motion because all of my data lives in Snowflake and I have this great Tableau dashboard that 
the sales team isn't looking at, the CS team isn't looking at. Um, so, you know, not getting that data into the proper system can really be problematic. Um, it's difficult to raise that up. So, you know, having the right data structure in place, uh, ETL systems in place to get the data back into Salesforce is key. Um, and then and then training your sales team how to really activate product, you know, product usage. I mean, like if we just start with product usage, you're you're already going a step in the right direction and you can, you know, crawl, walk, run your way to a full PLG strategy. Um, but they have to understand how to have those conversations. And it's not just a typical, do you want more licenses? It may be, are you utilizing the right, the right, you know, features, functionality? Um, are you getting it to the appropriate people in your organization? So I, I feel like, I feel like getting it into the right location is key. Um, and then giving them the insights and the right talk tracks to take it to the next level, um, is something that's really important. Yeah. I think around the data side, it's like people won't really realize this and, until they, <laughs> until they, they do, but like really underestimating like how to operationalize the data. Like there's a ton of data and then the, your traditional systems, say like your market automation platform, even your CRM just really struggles to handle that much data. Like you're going to hit sometimes API limits. You're going to slow things down. And really, do you need all that data? You're paying for storage. Like, but do you need that data in those systems? And so you have to really think like, is there anything you can do either with like another data warehouse or some, or, you know, or just like try and think about what is the right data? You mentioned this, like, what are those key insights? But what, are, yeah. what is like the right data that you really need? And maybe that's like working with the product team to just figure out a milestone and then update a, a field or figure out certain kind of like key activities and only those send over. It's also um, a reason why there's tools like Mad Kudu who understand there's a ton of data and then how can they kind of operationalize and make sense of it all and still send that to your system to use. Um, if you're trying to send everything like to Marketo, and you're trying to do like a scoring model off of that, the same way you do with like <laughs> your website, it's just not going to work. It, it's just too much and it's hard to make sense of it all. Um, and so really know that like that's a big part you need to plan for. And it's where a lot of people get stuck. Definitely. Yeah. Try, getting hungry for data in the marketing automation platform and Salesforce or this product data is a recipe for disaster. Like yeah. to Dan's point, like crawl, walk, run, make sure that like you're trying to get a specific, like a specific milestone, like they added a user or a specific group of milestones. Like they kind of hit this threshold in the product or they did this specific thing. Think about like, what are you going to do with that data? Like, don't just be like, okay, we want to get all of the activities kind of like all, we get all the web activity or all the downloads into Marketo. Mm -hmm. Like don't have that approach because you just can't, these tools can't handle that. You need to, if, especially if you're using kind of the traditional Salesforce, like kind of Marketo tech stack, make sure that you're really choosing what you're going to do with that data and you have specific use cases. And it's all about kind of the different operations you're going to run on that, right? Like yeah. all different segmentations you want to build off that. So do you need to build a segmentation to run some kind of email program based off that they've added a user or they need to add a user or what's the next step on this in this PLG motion when you think about like, the different milestones you want them to go through. Um, 
what does like what does sales need to be able to have a good conversation and where they can see that data in the system they're operating in you know which is probably salesforce and then be able to action based off that data don't get everything like really figure out kind of the individual use cases for every data point honestly and like layer it on slowly yeah. and then you know build up don't start from everything and work down start from nothing and work up <laughs> and and take go go slowly because what you'll find is you very quickly go over the edge and it all turns into a mess um so you don't you don't want to start off with a mess and try and get try and reduce the mess like start off with it clean and you know build the layers um definitely definitely will save you a lot of headaches yeah and and when building those layers make sure that they're flexible um something that we didn't talk about but like when you're thinking about a sales-led methodology like we all inherently know what's really good from a marketing activity what is less valuable showing less intent but from an from a uh, a product perspective it's all new and it's mm -hmm. all going to be unique right so having having a model in place that you can be flexible with that you can do more experimentation on without having to you know do a ton of system change every time that you want to make iterations on that model is key so if you can do some of that calculation outside of a system and then just bring in the data that people can take action on um you're going to be much better off, whether that's through scoring stages, mm -hmm. you know, things like interesting moment type of data. Um, right. I have a client that's really trying to do that. Like here's in plain text, what's going on in the product mm -hmm. makes it very easy for a salesperson to digest and then work with the end user. Totally. I like when things build, but like if you're, if you're thinking about your nurture enablement strategy and those jobs to be done and probably how that translates to your app or to your product, you could then take that same approach and go, okay, like, should we be tracking just those specific activities or ones that support that? And then how are we going to get that data? Because another thing is like that, it like that that's also a good way to tie back to like are there certain activities where people are just really struggling with are there ones that they're doing right away and then also are there sequences to those things with your product like for slack it's likely you're going to start like you see what channels they already have and maybe figure out what new new channels you want for yourself and then you just start messaging people inviting people and then over time there's other things you want to add on and then product you know usually your product or the company's product is the same way and so thinking about that and then what that truly means to be kind of like an adopted user um if you're not relying on just like one transaction to to or many transactions or purchases or something to be that it's all different but um i think that can help build and make it like less complicated and overwhelming too for the marketer yeah yeah I think as well, pick, trying to figure out what is the most like prioritization. So like when you're thinking about those layers, prioritizing, like I had a, a if, when you asked about a good experience with a company, I had a poor experience recently um, with, I'm not going to name the name, but it's a company that does like document signatures. Um, so they, we signed up, we're a new client, um, PLG, like just you can sign up online and then, you know, we're using the product it has a trial i put in my credit card because you wanted to continue using the product and then as the trial was coming to an end even though i'd put in my credit card 
I was getting hammered by sales every single day saying, oh, do you want to speak to me about like, you know, signing up and these are all the reasons why you should sign up. And I kind of ignored it for a few days. So I'm like, surely they should eventually like the systems are going to catch up and like know that I've signed up. <laughs> but then event- eventually after a while, I just responded like I've signed up. <laughs> why are you me? And, and it was just, it was like, I mean, obviously I get it. Like I'm not going to get too upset by it. Like this, these systems are hard. Data is hard. Databases are hard, but it kind of made me just little bit just you know disappointed it just felt like they right something was wrong and obviously someone's thought about okay we need to have a sales nurture to go out when someone's on the trial mm-hmm. but then they didn't think about how do we make sure that this is only going to, to people that mm-hmm. haven't signed up so yeah uh so yeah really thinking about kind of what you need to like start a sequence or start kind of some kind of operation but also stop it right because you you need to pivot when when people do the next thing and kind of react to that and make sure that yeah. whatever you were sending or were doing needs to, you know, pick up on changes. So yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough, but really thinking about it end to end is mandatory and starting small. I want to, I want to bring up like a very, just that totally reminded me of like a very tactical thing, but with product led growth, you're bringing in a lot of records from your product. And Mm. it's very easy to start bringing in duplicates Mm -hmm. and having like more of a mess in in a CRM than you're used to. So that is definitely something that that, you know, companies can get wrong is not realizing just the tech debt that you're bringing in. um, And how much more important it is to have that stuff shored up because if you're using the product, and you're getting irrelevant messaging, like Charlie just had, like, I feel like that hurts more than just if you had signed up for a request to demo and we're getting, you know, messages saying, do you want to buy? It's like, I'm already using it. I'm in your product and you don't know that. What else don't you know? What right. else are you doing that you don't, you know, have under control? So it's key. Yeah. I think also maybe it echoes that like too early. Cause like you put in, you're putting your credit card, but then like, assuming that they had thought that you hadn't put in your credit card yet maybe they should have waited a bit for you to use it more put in your credit card keep using it more so it's like still that like too early mentality probably as well yeah Yeah. also Um, what was i going to speak to sales about like the product literally just like upload a document send it just like i didn't and like we're a small company just i I have no need to speak to someone you know yeah (laughs) it was like the perfect example of like too early and like basically exactly what we've talked about too early salesperson getting involved too early or like when they don't need to both wasting my time a little bit because i was reading the emails and their time because i know it's probably automated but you know maybe they were looking at it um and but then also yeah about a bad a bad experience and not having the data really shored up in a way that they can both start the sequence and end the sequence you know when they saw that i put in the credit card so yeah um and i think it goes to one of our other points that we were going to bring up like a lot of when you're especially when you're moving from sales to product led you kind of we talked about it for mql like taking the mql mentality to pqls but it's almost a copy and paste for some companies for their whole business process like right. everything stays the same right mm-hmm. their routing rules are the same their nurtures like you sign up and you just get like picked up by whatever like the new lead nurture is right it is yeah. not like even a product that it's not even nurture about the product right it's just about you know thought leadership and it's like i don't need thought leadership when i'm in your product right i need to learn how to use your product more like i've already 
bought into the thought of leadership obviously i've signed up for your yes. product so <laughs> yes it's like really it, it is a whole not like it's a whole another go-to-market strategy it's not mm-hmm. a bell and whistle to your demand gen strategy it's it's something else and that's why you have to think about it as something else and dedicate a lot of resource to making it some making it different yeah if you yeah. want it to be successful yeah um just to just to kind of close this out like this is a lot of work <laughs> can i manage this with my current team i think if no you have 100 people on your team maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> if people are if sitting I'm there... already overwhelmed can i yeah. add yeah. this onto my plate <laughs> no <laughs> and i think that yeah, I think people, I think as we talked about this for executives and they underestimate how much like ops resources you need, but like even more so if you're then planning to add on another go-to-market strategy, you need to think about like, who's the marketer for that? Who's the other market? Who's the marketing ops person to figure it out? Do we actually then need a different skill set on a marketing ops team? You need someone mm-hmm. probably skilled in data, like more data warehouses, yeah. BI tools, analytics, Someone who then can work really closely with a product uh, person. So you might think of more of like a growth marketer than a traditional demand gen marketer. A demand gen marketer is really going to think about the demand creation side rather than like having this hyper um, kind of like uh, experimentation mentality when you are doing just like tests to figure out how you can get better adoption and the jobs to be done. So it it requires... A whole new team like you're building a new product motion like go to market strategy um yeah. if anything a lot of companies too if you're going from sales led to product led it means you're also like probably building another product or a slice of your product that then can be used product led and so it's hard to say this but like then you need a whole kind of team to support that. You need a whole budget to support that. Like, And so it's not something to just be like, I know what we're going to do. We're just going to like turn on PLG and then everyone else, like you just figure it out. That's just not going to work. And we've actually seen that happen. And the whole communication strategy that Charlie was talking about and putting people into your system that Xander was talking about, putting a lot of junk data, people being confused. Um, that's just a... Uh, you know, common. And what ends up happening is actually just a poor customer experience, people signing up for something, having a bad experience when you probably were maybe going to be more successful to run it sales led, like you said, Xander. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, because the ultimate nirvana, if you're going from sales led to product led is that you probably sales aren't getting involved as early, right? So you maybe yeah. need less salespeople for that go-to-market strategy. Put all that budget into ops people. Right. Because <laughs> they're going to be the ones that are going to make this thing work. Because if you think you've got a whole new whole new realms of possibilities with data, you've got a whole new like KPIs with, with this type of go-to-market strategy, different analytics, different uh, operations, you different teams like your this ops person or person or team is going to have to not only speak to marketing and sales and SDR but they're speaking to the product team the engineering team the data team the BI team you know, the, like all of these different teams so that's it's it's honestly more work to do PLG than I think it, it was to do like a demand gen slash ABM strategy so if you've got if you're doing like a demand gen slash inbound strategy you've layered on ABM in the last several years and now you're doing PLG it's not it's not an incremental step that your team can take on. You almost need 
a whole team for PLG and a whole team for the, the strategy you were just doing, you know? Yeah. And because I think the PLG is probably more complicated than demand gen and ABM put together um, and dif more difficult to operationalize. And then when you have the three competing go-to-market strategies, you've got sales outbounding, you've got inbound leads coming in, and then you have people signing up for your product and you want to have a cohesive customer experience where you don't have like one salesperson outbounding the person who's just signed up for the product who also just did a demo request and you've got three different people trying to speak to the same person you know you're going to have you're going to constantly come up against these issues hence why operations is the glue that's going to bring all that together yeah um so i would say to answer your question bluntly you definitely cannot do it with with your existing <laughs> team if you really want to succeed <laughs> But, you know, you make that investment. I think we are seeing a lot of organizations and companies succeed really well with product-led when they invest in it. So it's not a decision to be made lightly, as we've talked about today. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of mistakes that a lot of companies can make. Um, and hopefully, if you're going down this path, you're, you're not following in those footsteps. You're taking some of the advice that we shared today. So thank you so much, Charlie and Chrissy, for joining and talking through a very meaty topic. Um, we have about 22 other bullet points. So I think that we will have some additional PLG topics to talk through. Um, it's definitely something that's really important to us over at CS2 um, and in the market in general. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening to the Forward Thinking Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation today, uh, please do give us a review. Uh, definitely helps out the algorithm. Share this with a friend who needs to hear it, uh, especially if they are going through a product-led growth strategy session uh, anytime soon. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great day.